Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mike the Gardener podcast, sponsored by those lovely people at Natural Grower, who supply plant-based products for both organic and chemical-free gardening and your houseplants. In this episode, I chat to fellow podcaster and skinny jean gardener, Lee Connolly, who has just launched an incredible initiative which will get kids gardening together at school. I also chat about his book, How to Get Kids Gardening, and how he got started in the business. Well, you're becoming a bit of a friendly, sort of like we keep bumping into each other. Lee Connolly, the skinny jean gardener, welcome along. You know, it's like one of them online relationships, though, isn't it? It's like when we actually do meet, like meet up with each other, are we going to get on? Or is it going to be OK? Or should we just keep <laughs> it through texts? I think we need to keep it safe now, don't we? It's sort of like it's inevitable that our paths are going to cross at some point, though. Yeah, it's gonna be good, man. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I actually, uh, generally, I feel like we're in some sort of relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I've made no secret of the fact that it was you who pushed me down the podcast route um, after we had our Instagram chat. That was in August last year. Oh man, time's just like going so fast, isn't it? It's quite quite scary to think it was then. Yeah. And you said at the time, do you podcast or are you going to podcast these chats? And I hadn't even thought about it. So um, to go down that route now, this is my fifth episode. So I'm going to publicly say thank you so much. I love podcasting. There you go. It's addictive, isn't it? Once you get hooked into it, man, there's no stopping you. Well, and that's what I'm finding. It's um, I'm just on a roller coaster with it at the moment. So Lee Connolly, a.k.a. the Skinny Jean Gardener. You're also, you were one of the Blue Peter Gardeners, host of the award-winning Skinny Jean Gardener podcast, author of the best-selling How to Get Kids Gardening book, and of course, last but not least, Daddy to Olive. How do, how do you fit it all in? I don't You're know. so busy. <laughs> Some sort of superhero, aren't I, mate? I don't know how I do it, to most of you. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a long old list, isn't it? I mean, never did I think when I first got into this garden malarkey that I'd ever... Um that I'd have such a long list of things that I would cover. But um, it's been a lot of fun. So when did you actually first sort of step into this skinny jean gardener mode? Oh, when was it? 2014, I think it was, I first started. Okay. And uh, before it was called Skinny Jean Gardeners, I was, we, it was me and my brother, and we, were yeah. called, uh, we called ourselves Brothers With Land. And it was just like we had an allotment, and we were on social media. And the main reason we went on social media was because we had no idea about gardening. Maybe I was 26. Dale was like 24, I think. And we'd never done any gardening. Like thinking back to it now, it's shocking. Like we honestly did think, I say this and people think I'm joking. I honestly did think that potatoes grew on like a little tree or something <laughs> in the garden. I had no idea. How would I was 26 years old. I had no idea how potatoes were grown. And so, yeah, we were called, we were called, we called ourselves Brothers of Land, went on social media and just started asking questions really. And that was probably the best source. This was before social media was uh, the way it is now. Where you mm. got, it, was, it was more of a friendly, happy relationship. Oh, yeah, I'll help you out. And yeah, that's how we started. So there was obviously um, a love of gardening there to want to find out more about it. But there wasn't. That's the, that is the thing. So, oh. the, so the actual, yeah, now, uh, yeah, everyone says, oh, usually people come on and say, oh, I started when I was small, but there was zero love of gardening the actual reason we got into gardening was because I moved out of my family home to move in with my now wife and we um, missed each other that was the main thing and so we were looking for something that we could both come together 
and and do so at one point we were going to create like a crazy golf team uh, and get <laughs> sponsored by red bull and that never quite worked out we were going to be in a band we, would, we we thought of all these different things of how we could actually uh, come together as brothers again rather yeah. than just going down the pub yeah and uh, my brother uh, he was um he's at his church and the vicar said he's got an allotment that he wasn't doing nothing with and that's how it started. So he just called me one day, goes, do you want to come and help me down the allotment? I said, yeah, all right. And we just started from there, really. So it was, it was quite a um, never knowing, like zero interest in gardening. We had no, no childhood of gardening. No. no. No early 20s of gardening. It was literally just to come together and be brothers again. So you've, you've obviously got a fantastic relationship with your brother to want to maintain that. We hated each other before that. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we had, you know, like any like any brothers, like we had um, an on and off uh, Liam Gallagher, Noel Gallagher relationship. Yeah. But, um, but that brought us together, which was was amazing, and that was the thing we were looking for to bring bring us back together, have a, have a common interest, and also something that neither of us were experts in, because you, if you want to come together as friends then um you don't need someone being the know-it-all <laughs> no no not and a good so, combination so from that then were you were you the skinny jean gardeners this is what happened right so <laughs> buckle in we um we, were, we had our allotment yeah and from there we started to get people talking to us on social media and then, I don't know if you remember it, Mike, but there was a programme called The Big Allotment Challenge. I do remember that. It was good, weren't it? I it was that. good, yeah. It was an excellent vehicle to show. It wasn't just gardening, though, was it? It was allotmenteering. Was it flower arranging? Yeah, and there was a bit of cooking involved, I think. That, that's it, yeah. yeah. Well, we went. So what happened was um, we were enjoying this gardening thing. And for some reason, we were spotted on social. And someone said, will you come in for a screen test for that programme? And we were only about we were only about six months into like gardening, so mm. you know we'd sown a few seeds, done a lot of weeding. As anyone that's got an allotment will know, weeding to begin with is if you can get over that, you've done well. Yeah. Uh, and we, so we went for this screen test, and I mean, thinking about it now, we were probably comedy gold. I'm surprised they didn't um, have us on there. We had no idea about it. They were asking us stuff and we had zero idea what they were talking about. <laughs> they could have been speaking French for all we knew. And uh, we were both just wearing skinny jeans, went into London and there was a lady who was screen testing us and said, ha, you two should be called like the skinny jean gardeners or something. Mm. And uh, me and Dale looked at each other and walked out, went to a, a Weatherspoons probably and said, that's a pretty good idea that, isn't it? And the next day we, we were called Skidging Gardeners. So if that lady's listening, <laughs> it's too late. It was seven All years ago now. It's too late. <laughs> so as, as the skinny jean gardeners, what did you actually, what did you do? Well, it mainly was like grow, um, grow your own stuff. So I'll be honest with you, when we did that screen test, we, we were like a little bit quite like that sort of world of cameras and stuff. And we were mm. already through social media filming what we were up to. And so it wasn't long, once we become Skinny Jean Gardeners, we got a little bit more attention. And Jimmy Doherty, who just, he lives up the road from us, has a farm. And he said to us, um, would you mind coming up? I've got an area of my farm that I'd love you to do. And we were like, oh, flipping heck, right? Jimmy from the telly is like yeah. asking us to come and do something. And so 
um, we went up there and we said, yeah, okay. And it was massive. Like, Mike, like this, it wasn't an allotment. It was just, a, it was almost like a field. It was massive. And I don't know how we ever thought we'd take it on, but we did. <laughs> we went for it. And uh, the weeds were like ridiculously high. No idea how we were going to do it, but we spent, we literally took weeks off of our normal jobs to go and volunteer down there to clear this plot. And that was our allotment. So we had, we got rid of the other allotment and that yeah. was our one place started growing food down there and we obviously got a lot more help from visitors because visitors come down and thought they were getting some expert advice from us and actually we were taking advice from them <laughs> we, we took a lot we learned a lot while we were down there obviously doing stuff with jimmy he's, he's mate with jamie yeah and he was like oh we've got these boys that are doing stuff down our and we've been in the paper a little bit being the, the cool thing of of gardening is we are the boys that were gonna make gardening cool and uh, so we did bits with Jamie and then... Uh, this is Jamie Oliver, of course. Jay, yeah, yeah. My mate Jay, you know, and we did bits <laughs> with Jamie. And yeah, so the Skinny Jean Garner brand sort of built up from there, really. And and then we did Blue Peter and then the TV stuff started coming in. So it was, it was you know, who would have thought wearing a pair of skinny jeans would um, would have such a snowball effect? So were you both Blue Peter gardeners? Yeah, we were. Yeah, we did it together, which was pretty incredible to be honest with you like I met, like from going from just two boys that had no idea about gardening or any interest and just wanted to be together as brothers yeah to then be like on a program that we used to watch as children was like a bit mind-blowing really like being in that world was a bit crazy but awesome well when I watched Blue Peter and they had a Blue Peter gardener that was in the 1930s I think or thereabouts it was Percy Thrower who was the gardener and he created an Italian sunken garden and I remember as a kid just being completely bowled over um, by this gardening slot within Blue Peter Um, so did you have any particular projects that you created yeah, well, the, see, when we started Blue Peter, so before that, we were just the cool gardeners, yeah? So we were cool gardeners that had skinny jeans, had floppy hair, and um, and went around. And then when we started doing Blue Peter, obviously, then we got into the kids' garden side of things, which we never, we, both of us never had kids, but, you know, we had the same mindset as kids. <laughs> we, didn't like take, we didn't like take things too seriously. The whole world of gardeners' world, and that didn't really interest us. And so we wanted to bring like a, a new thing to it. And so through Blue Peter, we sort of focused on children's gardening and um, like just doing stuff. What we realized was that gardening can come across as expensive. Mm-hmm. And through Blue Peter, we managed to um, make stuff out of basically nothing and turn it into something that would be helpful for gardeners and kids. Okay. So we did loads of different projects through Blue Peter and started one of the biggest things we've now, I'll tell you this, Mike, right? Don't tell anyone else. Right. We, we, <laughs> we started the Blue Peter allotment. Now, that sounds pretty impressive, doesn't it? It sounds very impressive. But I don't <laughs> think I've told this story, but it was years ago now, so I'll tell it. So we were told, right, boys, we want you to start the Blue Peter allotment. We're like, wicked, we'll do it. Mm. Um, we put in some designs. They got all drawn up and, and really nice for us. And then they said, right, come down and we'll do the allotment. When we got there, there'd been a team of 10 already clearing the area, making the allotment, putting in, in a load of uh, good soil uh, and already already a few plants already planted up. All we did, right, <laughs> all we did was plant a few plants up and we were the heroes. 
the heroes of the allotment. That's outrageous. TV, that's TV for you, mate. <laughs> that's TV. Well, well, yeah. Wow. And um, now I'm thinking back to the 1930s when I was watching Percy Throw and thinking, well, how much did dear old Percy do in the garden? I reckon Percy got his hands stuck in. I reckon he was proper. He was proper old school, wasn't he? He was yeah. a proper... Well, I mean, he used to wear like the shirt and tie and uh, like almost a suit, sort of the suited gardener almost. Yeah, I think that's a smart look, man. I think that's a good look. If I didn't have the skinny jeans, maybe I'd go that direction. So after Blue Peter, you obviously had the, the, the infancy of children's gardening or trying to get children to come into gardening. What came next? It was a strange one because obviously once we got into to the kids' garden, thing, that was what we were known for. And then we got a lot more jobs and started touring a lot more. That, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed doing mm. because we got to speak to people a lot more. We were still learning, Mike. Do you know I mean, like we were still learning as we went along. And um, at the time, because you're like thrown in, like we are literally about two years into gardening. Like, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning even now about God. I'm seven, only seven years into gardening. I'm still learning as we speak. We were two years at the time into it. So we yeah. were like touring around the country, chatting to people. And we had a couple of old deers usually at the front talking <laughs> asking us questions and we're like oh i don't really know that and i'm I'm a little bit ashamed to say we sort of blagged it a little bit when them questions come up nowadays if someone asks me a question i don't know i'm just like i don't know yeah go and ask monty don i don't know i don't know the answer to that i've got no idea about roses if i'm totally honest with you um but we started touring a lot more seeing people getting getting people excited visiting schools and when i had my daughter I had my daughter in 2015. So we were literally half a year and a half in. Mm. And uh, obviously this was all building up and ridiculously, we were chosen to go to Japan because we'd designed a garden to represent UK Mm -hmm. in the world. What was it called? The world gardening champion. I don't know what it was called. (laughs) I don't know what it was (laughs) called. It was something Something impressive. If If it's including the world, well, yeah, it's it. yeah, it was it was an amazing experience, but it was six months into my daughter being born, and I had to go away for a couple of weeks, and and then my brother had his daughter, and it just got a little bit much, like being away from family and stuff. Like I'm a little bit more used to doing it now. I don't go away as much as I, I did, but when you first start off in this world, it's sort of like if you're offered to do something, you're like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, wicked, we'll go there. Um, and so it sort of really built up, and then when my brother had his daughter. I think that he realised he couldn't do it and uh, and like respect to him. Like I was a bit, I was gutted and we like, it was a shame because, because Gardner brought us together and that was the point of it. I think that was probably a little bit why I was more disappointed because, you know, it wasn't the, the it wasn't like fame and money that, yeah, uh, yeah. that I was disappointed with. I was a little bit disappointed about the money side. Um, <laughs> uh, it was us being together, I think, is, is the, the biggest thing. But I get it. Like, family's important. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, you know, we, we got through a lot together. It was it was uh, good times. So the, the children's theme, you've been a, something of an ambassador for getting children to come into gardening. And, of course, you have literally just launched the School Gardening Success Plan. Yeah, man. So like, um, tell us all about that, because I've been reading the the gem that you sent through to me. What a fantastic initiative. Tell us exactly what it's all about. Yeah, well, you know what? Like, I'm, One of the things is like we talk about all this history of stuff of, of me being on Blue Peter and doing all these kids' garden stuff. 
And at the time, it's like a bit of a whirlwind. And you think, what am I actually doing here? Like, it's, it's you know, it's getting kids excited about gardening, but where's it going? Like, yeah. where's, where's, where, what's my career looking like in the future? And obviously, we've brought a school gardening success plan out now, which I now realise is everything I've built up to, all these places, being at Jimmy's, talking to people down there, learning from them, going to schools, te- talking to teachers, visiting um, visiting different shows and having people and parents talk to us about their ideas. Mm. It's all built up to this school garden success plan. And uh, it's something that from last year, I, was, I went on tour just before the older uh, Corona hit. And I visited, I think, 20 schools. We've got 10,000 children in total garden in one week. Wow, um, that's incredible. 10,000 kids. Yeah, in a week. I know, right? It's pretty. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's that. I mean, that's massive numbers in a small space of time. Yeah. Uh, it's just such an incredible achievement. Well, the thing is, I always got. That, that's the thing. Like I said earlier, being asked to go to schools and do shows and stuff, and I realised that I couldn't keep that up. Yeah, I'm. I'm getting older, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh goodness me! <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so what I thought was, look, let's do a tour one week get all the schools visited and um and get kids excited start of the year most yeah. of the other schools will see it they'll get excited too we did this campaign and it was amazing we got ten thousand children started but from that i realized that we're talking a lot about school gardening we know the the benefits of getting kids gardening well what uh, what are the benefits of getting kids gardening well one they're not going to be 26 and not know how potatoes grown yeah which is <laughs> You hear these horror stories of kids not knowing where their their peas come from. They they'll say, "Oh, from the supermarket." Yeah, and that's the thing. Like sometimes you see them stories and think, ah, "Is that just like PR sort of let's find a story?" But actually, visiting schools, there's some amazing schools out there. But actually, some kids actually still feel like that. And, yeah, um, quite worrying, really. And um, when I was younger, it's not something I never even thought about. Hmm. Um, but I think first, firstly, the benefits obviously are children knowing where their food comes from. Yeah. Um, how to to actually grow their own food is 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 really important. Um, I think actually being a way I don't like talking about it too much because I think screen time is important for education for the children still. Yeah. Um, but screen time, being on screen time for the wrong things is is obviously not good. And uh, being outside makes a big difference. Another another thing is um, connection with people. So I think I always, in my own experience with my daughter, have um, a better connection and better memories being made when we're outside together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is really important. And obviously, like the mental health side of things for children, being outside, it makes such a difference to them. Just just clears their head a little bit. Like, like all of us, I think we all know if you've listened to a garden podcast that gardening does that yeah. for us. And um, I guess behaviourally as well for kids, if they're outside, they can run around and there's all that excess energy um, and just yeah. getting involved in something that, as you say, isn't necessarily sat in front of a screen of some sort. Well, it's interesting because um, there's a lot of teachers say to me, they're like, would say little Johnny, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was really naughty when he was in school um but as soon as they started doing gardening calmed right down really got interested in it can concentrate more on it on his work when he is inside school 
uh, and it makes a big difference. And obviously, yeah. these you know, I can't I get to go to schools, visit them, and see the best bits, but the teachers are, are there at the crooks of it, and uh, they get to really feel what is going on. And so, when I hear stories like that, I'm like, yes, like we're doing a good thing here. Absolutely. How will the school gardening success plan work what what will actually happen and what's your key part in rolling this all out yeah well so it's, it's interesting so obviously from that tour um i realized what schools needed parents and and children as well uh, and and teachers and so the, the biggest thing for me is like i can't split myself up around the whole country and so as much as technology can be demonized i think that it's a really good way of getting uh, some sort of structure to school gardens. So with the school garden success plans, what we've created is a an online plan mm-hmm. that um, that teachers can access, and uh, there's video content for the children to be able to watch and start their lesson with. So it's me basically going, "Okay, class, uh, today the lesson is such and such. Uh, we're going to be starting sowing our tomatoes. This is how we're going to do it. Uh, you've got an hour to do it." So this is how, how we go, or even like creating their own recycled pots, loads of different things involved. Mm-hmm. We talk about like what sort of compost they're using, when to harvest stuff. It's a real easy, simple plan. We're not getting overcomplicated about it. We're just growing to succeed. Um, so they get all of that. Then they also, each class gets um, a raised bed, the compost, the seeds, and all the tools as well. Wow. That's all part of the package that each school will have. Yeah, it's all part of so it's all part of the plan. And then on top of that is a te- the biggest thing. I think obviously the equipment, the lessons are important, but the biggest thing for me has to be the teacher support. So we have a team that is on standby, basically, not literally <laughs> just staring at a screen waiting, <laughs> but um, ready to answer questions, basically, because you know teachers have enough stress as it is Mike to yeah to be running less especially nowadays with all the, uh, the COVID things and stuff yeah enough of a stress already for that to then go home mark homework I know a lot of teachers marking homework six seven eight nine o'clock at night yeah and then to expect them what to sit down and know that gardening is important but what mm. spend another couple of hours researching how to garden Yeah, because I was going to ask about the teachers and how are they going to have the knowledge, skills and experience to do this, but you've got a support package in place for them. Yeah. Well, we haven't got to go home and swat up on how to sow broad beans or... That's it. We give them... The the plan anyway is uh, simple. It's an Mm. easy plan and it's laid out so it's so simple so anyone could look at it and know what they're doing. Right. Also tied to the curriculum... So there's bits in there so um, the teachers know how they can add a little bit of education amongst it. But yeah, I think, you know, the teacher support is the biggest, the biggest part of it to, to get that rocking out. And, and all, the, all the equipment we're using. So I've, over the past seven years of gardening, I've obviously used a lot of different brands and equipment to garden with. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you test bits out, don't you? And, and you think that works okay. That's not too bad. And the best thing is that we've got so many great brands on board who are helping with the equipment that they're tried and tested. I know they work. Yeah. I know they're not going to break after a, after a couple of weeks or a year. 
And so I can give that certainty to teachers. So they haven't got to worry about that. They ain't got to worry about a little rubbishy plastic tool that's going to snap. And then what? They've got to go out and go and get some more. Yeah. For the kids. I don't want to, I don't want to give schools a problem. Basically. I just want to give them a solution that they don't have to think about. And if it's easy for them, it's likely to succeed. They haven't got to say, say start worrying about peripheral problems. No. You've got, they've got you, they've got support, they've got the equipment. How many schools are you looking to actually roll this out to? Is it a phased um, rollout? Yeah, it's, 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 it's phased. It's going to take time. There's about 30,000 primary schools in the UK. It's a lot, right? And if you think about it, the idea is that each class will have a plan. That is the the future idea. To begin with, for by 2025, I want to have at least one plan in Mm -hmm. each school. So that's 30,000 plans. That's 30,000 plans. But within a class of children, you could have, I don't know how many in a class, 10, 20 children in a class. Mm -hmm. So that's a phenomenal number of people, of children that you will be passing this fantastic message on to that's it yeah um it's, yeah it's pretty crazy isn't it? it's, it's, yeah, i'm really it's, excited about it is it but like it's not 30,000 i'm not like dropping 30,000 right this year it's going to take time like also the thing is like it's not free it's it, you know it's 499 pound a class but when you <laughs> think of it as a broken down over just 10 years like these the equipment is going to last longer than 10 years it's amazing yeah. stuff it's not a lot really to get that class gardening I think given the messages we were looking at earlier, the reasons for you doing this, when you look at those fantastic reasons, then the the money is, say it's a small amount of money for such a fantastic investment in their knowledge, their skills and their experience when it comes to growing vegetables. And of course, there's the wildlife aspect of it as well that you touched on just earlier. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think it's important. Like, obviously, it's it's the the plan is based around a raised bed Mm. and that's where they're growing all their stuff. I think it's important to have wildlife as part of that plan because children know about our environment. They, 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 they're starting to care about it. Like I can't even think about how I used to be when I was younger and we just used to chuck anything in a black bin bag. I mean, we had piles of black bin bags. No one cares. Like nowadays it's all obviously all recycling. It doesn't feel if I told my daughter, Oh, back in the day, we just used to chuck that in a black bin bag. She'd be like, (laughs) what? So I think environment's a lot more on their on their minds, and I think it's important for them to also care for their school grounds as well and attract wildlife into it. The the biggest thing from all of this, Mike, is I've always been about family gardening, and I always see that education is important. Yeah. Also, what we're doing is we're educating children on gardening, who will then go back to their family homes and educate their parents because we are a bit of a, an age at the moment, at least where parents don't really garden. Mm. They've got a guy like AstroTurf seems to be the go-to thing at the moment. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, because people aren't educated in that. So if we educate the children, they're going to take that garden home and do it with their parents. And then they get their parents thinking about it. So it's, it's, it's quite deep rooted, but it's, you know, it makes a lot of sense. What will they be growing? Um, so uh, they're going to be growing tomatoes, peppers, carrots, salad, broad beans, peas, uh, pumpkins as well, obviously, and pumpkins and cucumbers as well. So another, it's it's all quite simple stuff. And I think there'd be a lot of people out there that say, well, that's not simple stuff because again, the the gardening level of knowledge 
generally perhaps isn't as great as we'd like to think it would be. Well, really good point. So the idea is that um, in primary school, they start in, start in early years. And the full idea, once every single class has one, so you've got seven um, all the way from early years to year six, um, every single class will have a plan. This, mm. is the, this is the full idea in the future. Every class will have a plan. They'll go into school in early years. They'll mess around, chuck a bit of mud over each other, you know, <laughs> chuck a bit of compost here and there, sow a few seeds. By the time they get all the way through year six, they won't even be watching the videos. They'll just know that it's that time of year to yeah. get gardening. That's the, that time of year, they'll know, right, oh, we need to start sowing our tomato seeds now. Oh, this is a time we can can harvest yeah it will take that time to um just like constantly get it into their in their heads and and so they know and you said pumpkins as well didn't you yeah pumpkins yeah i thought it was important i didn't want to leave pumpkins out one of the reasons you can't grow it in the raised bed you have to look for somewhere around the school that you can plant them up because i've said i need a bit of space right yeah but i can't leave pumpkins out one of the reasons i couldn't is because children all know that Halloween time is the time to harvest pumpkins. Yeah. So it's a really good one. I think getting children to know that they have to uh, sow their seeds at a certain time uh, to then harvest and have an aim to harvest something is super and super important. And also I have a dream, Mike, that in, I don't know, 10, 20 years, I won't be asked around September time when to sow my pumpkin seeds. Yeah, because they'll know. <laughs> you always, people are like, oh, Halloween's coming up. When should I start <laughs> sowing my pumpkin seeds? Like a long time ago. <laughs> now for next year. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, how cool is that, that kids will have their, their carved out pumpkins on Halloween, that they have grown themselves? Uh, that's just, just magical. Yeah, and we talk about like harvesting your pumpkins, what to do with them, that we don't just have to use them for putting out the front door. You can actually create food from them. You can eat a pumpkin. It's unbelievable, right? Like, yeah. I told my daughter this like last year when she started to realise, and I was like, you can eat, we know you can eat this, right? We don't just have to put a candle in it. How are Olive's gardening skills coming along? Because, I mean, you've got sort of like a little protege there, sort of like yeah. testing it all out almost. She loves it, man. Like she, she is getting a lot better. So she's been gardening. I always say she's been gardening since she was two months old. And um, <laughs> two months. Because, because she, had, she had like a little, we had like some wildflower seeds. And I put a little bit in her hands and she sort of just like sprinkled them. Well, oh. I moved, let's be honest, I moved her hands. She was two months old. She is amazing. I love, I mean, it, last year was probably the first year, if I'm totally honest, that I sort of just let her do what she wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I, I told her what to do. She's yeah. what is she now? She's she's five. She's she's five at the moment. I told her what to do, and I'll be honest with you, that seeds went everywhere, but things still grew. Yeah, we had we had a veggie pod. We and I let her. I said, "This is your bed. Do what you want with it. Here's some seeds. You know how to sow them." And she did. But you know, there was salad everywhere. There was carrots all amongst it. Um, but they grew, and she got excited about it because she was the one that did it. And I yeah. think. You know, as parents, we can be a little bit, I don't know what happens when you become a parent, but the word no comes out a lot more. <laughs> say, don't do this, don't do that. And I always said I wouldn't be that person, but it happens. But when you let them do what they want and they they get to see their the results from their own work, yeah, um, it's amazing. Like, it's really exciting. But yeah, she's really coming on, on well. She loves it. Well, first and foremost, 
fantastic luck with this initiative because that's incredible be interested to see how that actually goes it's going to be so exciting for all these kids in these thirty thousand schools to actually get involved in gardening but of course it's not just that you've got the book as well um your book how to get kids gardening together creating real memories gardening as a family which is how i started i remember gardening with my mum and dad and how important that was for me those magical memories so yeah. tell us about the book. How how did the book come about? I think it was probably, to be honest with you, when, when I was on Blue Peter, when I did them uh, gardener makes, I loved it, but I wasn't a parent, right? And so we were chucking ideas out there that were great. Mm. I always, I call them now like Pinterest ideas. Yeah. You see like ideas that look amazing, but actually you go and make your own. It's like, oh, that's not quite, didn't quite look right. We were chucking <laughs> ideas like out, out like that. And um, it was only from when I had Olive and as she slowly got older, when she was like one, two years old and we were doing these different things, I realised that actually that some of them were a little bit overcomplicated and some of them weren't as cheap as I thought. Mm. And so I started doing different garden makes with just stuff that I've got around the house. And, um, and also, if I'm totally honest with you, I got asked to do a lot more blogs and magazine articles i didn't want to spend the money on the materials so, <laughs> so i made so i'm I, so I had a look around the house and was making stuff from just stuff that i had yeah and it, it works out that actually that's what people want they don't want to if they're initially going in to garden with kids they don't want that initial outlay of stuff and they don't no. want a book that they look at or let their kids flick through and say do what you want and then they look at it and it's like 60 70 quid and you've got to go down the hardware store. So I literally wanted to create a book of different garden makes that I'd done with Olive, that I knew worked, weren't mm. too stressful, um, and didn't cost too much. So you, you could just pass it to a two-year-old or a 10-year-old, and they'd look and flick through it and say, yeah, I'll do that one. And it costs you like a quid. Yeah, there's not a big investment of money there. That's it. Like, yeah. um, I think that's the biggest thing. And especially because of the people I'm trying to aim towards, it's like, like I said, there's a big gap of knowledge in gardening with parents at the moment. Uh, money is not, you know, everywhere. And so we want something that's easy to, um, to create. And so that's where it comes from, really. Like, I'm really, I'm really proud of it, man. I've, yeah, well, believe it. of course. And how, how did you actually find the writing process? Horrible. <laughs> so why 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 was it horrible <laughs> i'll tell you why um i'm i'm really love coming up with ideas i can talk about them i can <laughs> i can draw about them but when it comes <laughs> to sitting down and concentrating on writing i struggled just to sit there and concentrate i had the idea i had a picture of it drawn up uh i've, I've done it before but actually sitting down and writing um how to do it I found difficult concentrating on that, if I'm yeah. totally honest with you. And luckily, I had a great team um, also helping me. I had a few a few friends that helped me with it, um, with the editing and the design of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I sent it off to them, and they were like, you literally write them as you speak. I was like, yeah, that's, a, that's how I write. That's how it is. Yeah. And so it got, they sent it to someone to edit up, and they sent it back, and it lost all of its soul and jokes it lost you. It lost me. So I said, no, I can't be having this. Like, we've got to bring back the jokes and bits and bobs. Like, there's a joke at the start of the book. It is a joke. 
that says um, this book is for Olive, my daughter, in the hope that this thank you will be enough in case she in case she comes back for some of the profits or something in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wrote that and I thought it was quite funny, right? And then they went off to the editors and they come back and it looked like they wrote it like a lawyer had wrote it. I was like, no, it's meant to be a joke. Like, it's not an actual legal statement. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, I'm, like now I've done, I've done it, oh, I'm happy. And um, my, I think my biggest mistake probably, Mike, was people ask me, oh, are you going to write another one? And I'm like, um, I could write another one. Unfortunately, like, obviously, I self-published mine. If a publisher looked at it, they'd say, don't put all your best ideas in the first book, save some for the second. But I didn't. Yeah. I put everything that I thought would really help people in my first book. So a, a great achievement. The process may be a little bit difficult along the way. Um, yeah, sure. Do you know, do you know what, actually, Mike, do you know what the biggest, the best thing from that book was? Go on. And um, it wasn't from literally the hundreds of pounds uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I brought a Ferrari with. Um, <laughs> it was from when, one night I sat upstairs with Olive before she went to bed. And I said, what book do you want to flick through? And she said that book and we look, sat there on her bed looking through the pictures from that day and the different ideas and seeing like how proud she was to be in a book. Yeah, that was that was the biggest thing. That's the biggest achievement from that book. But this whole thing with the school gardening and the book, you are going to find yourself in years to come with people coming up and tapping you on the shoulder and saying it's because of you that I garden. Yeah. are going to remember you as being the person it was lee Connolly, the skinny jean gardener got me gardening when i was at school yeah, what, what a lovely investment what a, what a generous thing to do i don't realize that sometimes i had someone the other day a, a, a lad come up to me and said oh well, you're, you you mm. come to my school last year and since then i've been researching about gardening i was like really wicked man yeah um i don't realize that one of the biggest things i also I think my ego is slightly, and some people will, reduce, will, um, will disagree with this, is slightly reduced a little bit because I don't anymore do it for that. I think that's why the school plans happened and that's the why I'm not so keen on doing these big campaigns anymore because brands and people, this is the failure of School Garden, I feel, want to have that tap on the shoulder or that, I'm the I'm the person that made this happen. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's where the failure is from it because then it sort of gets lost and the message gets lost. I see. Yeah. From it. And so, like, I really, I like, I really want to push a school plan. And if people can just turn around and go, "Well, we did a school plan at school, and that's how I got gardening," that'll be enough for me. Like, I'll be. I don't want to do campaigns and stuff just for that big picture of me looking amazing for for one week. I want something that is continuing in 10 years time and still actually making a difference. Brilliant. Um, well, yeah. if anyone wants to thank me, that's also obviously, uh, that's great. <laughs> How long have you been podcasting? You, I mean, you're the king of podcasts. Your, <clears throat> your monthly listening numbers are insane. It's pretty crazy, man. Like I get, I don't really like talking, even though I do mention it quite a lot on social, I don't talk about <laughs> yeah. it like verbally much. It's, um, it's so strange to do something that people um, I mean, you must, you get it, like people like pay attention and listen to and enjoy. And yeah, I started, so when, so when, uh, like flying back to that story earlier about the origin story of how I started, yeah, Dale left Skinny Jean Gardeners. I was sort of 
not sure if I was going to even continue. I thought I was just going to go back to doing my my old job. And which was what, what? What was your old job? I was a Sparky. I was an electrician. I thought you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And then a guy called you might have heard of him, Peter Donegan from um, the Sod Show. Have you heard that podcast? I before? haven't actually. No, no. It doesn't it doesn't go anymore? But I was good friends with him, and he said, "Do you want to come on?" And I said, "Yeah, all right." And uh, we did a we did an interview just like this, and I come away and I thought that was pretty good. You know, I quite like this, like podcast and audio wise I can get my my voice across and, and enjoy it and so uh, like literally a couple of months later I started one I, I started a podcast and loved it and it got tr- traction quite quick hmm. and um and I started getting some like because I was already doing the show circuit it was quite easy to get some big names on there yeah uh and and that's that's where it happened really and I just you know I think in a way like I can I'm I'm slightly different in the sense that I'm, I'm not, I don't know how to put it. I like to, I like to, probably on purpose, push the boundaries of of gardening and and how I put that information out there. Yeah, and play about with it and and yeah, I just love talking. Like you know what it's like. It's like I love hearing people's stories and their yeah. passion about behind why they they, they enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it's just gone on from there. Really, I can't really, I can't really believe it. It's a funny time to ask me about that because I've just, I'm just about to take a month off from it for the first time in like four to four and a half years. So, um, but yeah, I do love it. You've spoken to some great names, as you say. So let's name drop. Who, who have been the best sort of guests that you've had on the podcast? Do you know what? When I always people ask me this, and I've had like Monty Don on. I've had Titch Marsh. Yeah, Monty Don was all right. He was um people listened to it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I got much informa- extra information from him that, that I wanted to, but I was so nervous asking him, I was like, oh crikey. <laughs> um, really pluck up the courage. And he was like, I said, Oh, do you mind coming on the podcast? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I was like, oh, uh, right, okay. <laughs> uh Titch Marsh was really nice. Um, yeah. I enjoyed chatting to him. Uh, Adam Frost is a is a geezer, so I enjoyed that. Um, you know, like I think I've done Carol's really nice. Like, I've yeah. done all the Gardeners World lot. Um, and uh, like Danny Clark's a nice geezer. But do you know what? I'm asked a lot about who my favourite person is. And probably the, my most favourite interview I've ever done was probably one of my mates at the very beginning. Yeah. Was, uh, my mate Jason and just chatting to him about his garden. And also he's not, he wasn't even a gardener. It was just nice to chat to him about his thoughts about gardening and get a different perspective and that was like in the first the first couple of episodes it was so um you know like don't get me wrong like names are good you get more of a story you do get more of a story from people that are not names because i think once you get into this world of um media and stuff you have a spill you know you might have heard my little bit of spill when i was talking about my story like it's it's a story that i've told many a time and um I'll try and change it up and add little bits to it and a little bit of information yeah. to it. But yeah. once you've been in it for a few years, you know, you sort of get the same thing. But when you get people that haven't been interviewed before or have a story to tell, there's a lot, I feel a lot, there's a lot more interest in it. Wish you the very best of luck with the School Gardening Success Plan. Can't wait to hear how that goes. You must come back and tell us at some point in the future how yeah. it's actually rolling out. Definitely, dude. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Because uh... No, an absolute pleasure. Lovely to chat to you again, Lee, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Cheers for that. Wow, what an incredible guy Lee is, and what a fantastic initiative. 
I wish Lee the very best of luck with the school gardening success plan and we'll make sure we catch up with him again soon to see how it's all going. Well, I'm conscious somehow we are already six podcasts in and of course a couple of specials. We did the daily special just recently and your New Year's resolutions. I've been absolutely overwhelmed by the success of my podcasts and that is entirely down to each and every one of you for listening, for sharing the details of the podcast on your social media, for following, for subscribing and of course for leaving reviews. So thank you to you all but I especially wanted to take time out to thank the following people who have left reviews on Apple Podcasts. So Name by name, first and foremost, Val JH, Jules Face 14, Murray AF, Saz H&L, The St Albans Gardener, Erica of Suffolk, Lucy Hannah Foster, Florist to the Stars, Big Wave Dave, The Chi Gardener, She C3G, Lal Home, and last but not least, Lexi Jane. Thank you. It really does mean so much for you taking the time out to put reviews on Apple Podcasts. And of course, a big hello to you if you're a new listener. Welcome along. It's a pleasure to have you here. And please do continue to spread the word and do follow and subscribe. And if you do listen through Apple Podcasts and you could spare a few minutes, please do leave a review. And I will be back with you very soon. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.